return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Here, um, I want to go over a, a couple of things that maybe some of you didn't know and just, just the amazing ministry that she's had over the years. Uh, she's been married to Pastor Dave, head pastor here, for 43 years. Amen. Uh, been in the full-time ministry for over 40 years. Has traveled to many different places. Traveled to Russia back when, you know, it wasn't popular to travel to Russia. Major persecution. She went to Russia, delivered Bibles, I think. And, the, and just a powerful word there. Um, pastor Dave and Jeannie have ministered together in 13 nations around the world. 13 nations. Amen. Some of us haven't even been to 13 states in the United States. 13 nations. Amen. Um, Pastor David Jeannie were recognized by Governor Mike Rounds. Uh, we have the certificate here. That's the White House one, but the, uh, there's a governor certificate as well. We can put that up. Well, there, there is a certificate for, uh, for governor. And then also, like it shows right here, the White House honored them um, by President George W. Bush in November 2004. The, uh, the governor one was, was recognized for their spiritual contributions to the state of South Dakota on October 12, 2003. So they have done so much work here in South Dakota. Jeannie is, is, is just a blessing to many people in the congregation but also a lot of people outside the congregation that you would never know about. Thousands and thousands of people in the United States, outside the United States. So, so glad for her ministry. She is now a published author and is author of the book, Goodbye Panic, Hello Peace. Amen. And so uh, pick one of those up. You can get a signed copy, signed copy, amen, uh, of the book for $10 in the church office. So I Really encourage you to pick that up. Uh, it's it's going to be. I, mean, I haven't read it yet. Just came out fresh off, fresh off, fresh off the press, um, but it's going to be an encouraging book for you to read. And it's going to touch who knows countless number of lives. So just very thankful for her. So let's give it up for Pastor Jeannie as she comes and ministers. Amen. Thank you, bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hallelujah to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Look what the Lord has done. He's a great and mighty God, and he's worthy of great praise. So I'm so thankful for the way that the Lord makes his presence known. One of the ways that he's here today is manifesting his peace. And, of course, that's a topic near and dear to my heart is knowing that some of us want a prince in our lives, right? We have the Prince of Peace, and his name is Jesus. So I send greetings. Pastor Dave, some of you might know he's in Colorado. He's doing a wedding out there for a great friend of ours, and well, Peggy Parker's son, actually. 
Yes, Bryce got married and um, to uh, uh, darling Ashley, and they had a wonderful time honoring the presence of the Lord there and recounting the things that the Lord has done, generation after generation. Amen? Amen. So he sends his greetings, and it's a joy to be here today. Hallelujah. I'm excited to speak this morning about divine peace. There is a peace like a river, and it flows out of our soul. And I know some of us, possibly even this week, maybe we forfeited our peace for a circumstance. Maybe we forfeited our peace for a feeling or a situation or a relationship. But today, the Prince of Peace is going to minister, I believe, to each one of us in a particular way that we will experience a peace that we've not had before. Now, peace comes in the form of shalom. Shalom means there's nothing broken. There's nothing missing. Isn't that good news right there? We could pack our bags and go home just with that word, that God has touched our lives and he's made us whole. So that is my prayer today as we've, prepared, we, Jesus and I, (laughs) prepared this message, and that you will experience a supernatural peace, spirit, soul, and body. Jesus came to give life, right? You know the scripture. And he came to give life more abundantly. That means free of stress, free of worry, free of panic attacks, free of fear, free of doubt, free of unworthiness. He came to give us an abundant life. And I'm so thankful that he's here with us today. He is our Prince of Peace. Unto us, a child has been born. Unto us, a son has been. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called. Wonderful. Counselor. He is your mighty God. Hallelujah. He is your Prince of Peace. His name is Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So he purchased this divine peace for us, and we certainly want to be recipients. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to share just a tiny portion of my testimony, and it takes me back to a time when I did not have any peace. Uh, Growing up, life was normal for what I knew, but I didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord, and it was 1971. I was at... SDSU, I was um, 19 years old, and fears and worries began to come into my mind, and I began to, yeah, that's me right there, do I look pensive? I was. I was in my dorm room, and there was a lot of things going on in my life. There was alcoholism in our home. Drugs were, it was very easy access. Drugs had been coming in from California, and um, My life was out of control. My mother had brain damage, and she didn't know us children anymore. There had been an accident. I wrote about it in the book. And there was alcohol that um, can destroy brain cells. And so that was going on. My twin brother, he was up for the draft for the Vietnam War. And I found myself worried. And I found myself disturbed. I didn't know peace. I didn't know how to pray. 
I didn't know that we could turn to our Bible and find, get a word from God. One word from God can change our life. So here I was in this dorm. This is Matthew's third floor, room 359, if I remember right. (laughs) I had an awesome roommate named Julie, but we did like to party. See my shirt? It says SDSU. I still have that shirt. (laughs) Some of us are keepers, right? So anyway, I didn't know what to do. And down the hall from me, there was a girl named Nancy, and there were a couple other girls too. But I opened up a little bit, and I began to tell Nancy that, I don't know what I said, like, I feel worried, I'm afraid, I'm, I'm scared. She goes, oh, just a minute, I'll be right back. And this confident woman walked down the hall to the other wing, right? And she brought back a Bible verse for me that changed my life. I was 19 years old. Let me just declare and prophesy here today that one word from God can change your life. I had no idea standing in that room that my life would be eternally changed. And so Nancy gave me the scripture. She said, Jeannie, you don't have to worry. Don't worry about anything. She said, just pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for the answers. And I was amazed. I thought, I love those words. I had never heard those words that I remembered. And I wrote them down on a card. Maybe she instructed me to do that. I put them on a card. I put them under my pillow at night. And I said those, those words of life every night. Well, fast forward and um, that following uh, winter, that December, then I was born again of the Spirit of God. I came back a brand new creature in Christ. And my roommate didn't know what to do with me. Because I was still going out with her, but it was with gospel tracts and and, uh, witnessing everywhere I went. So, God's grace. I actually was a bartender in a bar at the time, and it was, it's gone now, but it was called The Last Step. (laughs) They named that one right. You had to go down into a basement. And so, um, I'll tell that story another time, but I quit that job, and the owner of that um, bar became uh, radically radically changed because of one weak witness that came through me. I was trembling. I was weak. But there's power in the word. Changes people. And he's, he's been to our services now. So, yeah, so I wanted to read it here in the a different translation. I release this piece to you today. Do not fret. It's the same verse that Nancy shared with me in an amplified version do not have any anxiety. Come on now. Any? Any anxiety about what? Anything. Come on now. Are we living that? Come on. We can walk that. We can talk that. We can experience it. Shalom, peace. In every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition with definite requests. Let's make these definite requests. With thanksgiving, always be thankful. Always have your prayers filled with thanksgiving. You make your request known. Then you say, Lord, I thank you. You've heard me. Lord, I thank you. I've cast all my care on you. You care for me, and you are doing a work. You're moving by your spirit. You're moving in your power and your greatness. The result of that is, and God's peace. Come on. It's here right now. I believe as these verses that are shared today that are speaking about our prince, our Prince of Peace, that a shalom will come over you in any areas of your life where you've been broken. Maybe it's your, maybe it's your mind. 
Maybe it's your soul, your emotions. There's been a trauma to your heart or our body or spiritually. That peace shalom is here to make us whole and fix us and mend us out. Yes. So it says, God's peace shall be yours. Do you see anywhere in there where you have to strive for that? Do you have to be good enough for that? Do you have to work, pray long enough, fast, walk on glass, and make silly efforts like that? No. The Word of God says, this peace shall be, come on now, yours. It's yours. That tranquil state of a soul, assured of salvation through Christ. I'm so glad for assurance. Fearing nothing from God. There's a whole sermon right there. Being content with your earthly lot, whatever sort it is. Come on now. It says that peace. See where it says that peace? That peace. Come on now. It's that peace. That peace. It transcends all your understanding. Don't try and figure it out with your mind. Don't try to figure it out in your intellectual part of your being. But in your spirit, it's a that peace. Let it drop in. Come on. Let it rise up. Let it drop in and rise up. It will transcend your understanding. And it shall garrison in Mount Guard. Hallelujah. Over your heart. You can have a free heart. You can have a peaceful heart. You can have a loving heart. But it also includes our minds. Our minds are protected. Now that word there, it says garrison. So I thought, where did the garrison go? Yeah, it shall garrison your, your heart and your mind. Garrison is like a troop. Just get a mental picture of this. It's like a troop stationed in a fortress or a town to defend it. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. So this, what, what is a garrison? The peace. The peace is a garrison. And I'll just speak right now about our, our mind. It's like a troop surrounding our mind to protect it and to defend it. That's what peace does for us. That's what peace does for our thoughts, for our emotions, for the for life. Amen? So peace is powerful. It passes all understanding. It shall keep guard. This peace will keep guard over you. It shall garrison. It shall surround your heart. It shall surround your mind. And we can have peace when it doesn't seem to make any sense to have peace. I'm seeing heads. I'm seeing you nod your heads. Some of you know what I'm talking about. When it seems like I can't understand it, but it's a gift. It's a gift that he gives us. Amen. (laughs) Okay, um, how can we walk in this peace? Well, a lot of it has to do with controlling our thoughts, taking every thought captive, We walk in the flesh. Come on now, brothers and sisters, mighty men and women of God. We do not war after the flesh. There's a lot of times we can get in the flesh, and we're trying to fix something that's spiritual, and we're using carnal weapons. We're using fleshly methods. We think that we can get our Ishmael going instead of the child of promise. But God says the weapons of our warfare, come on, say, not carnal. They're not carnal. But here's what they are. They're mighty through God. Your weapons are mighty through God. You are not, you are not weak. You are strong. You are strong in the Lord. Who tells me that? Jesus tells me that. Jesus says you are strong in the Lord. You can do all things. You are more than a conqueror through him because he loves you. It's all about his love. So your weapons are not carnal, but they are, shout it out, mighty. 
through God and through that we can pull down those strongholds. I'm not going to get into it today, but I did write a book because a thought got a stronghold in my mind 20 years ago. And it's not a fun place to be. And when we get that stronghold, we can use these weapons that are mighty. They're mighty through God. It's, you are facing spiritual battles. Very little of what you face is in the natural. You are facing spiritual battles, but God has given us weapons that are mighty to pull down strongholds, to uproot things that are not from God, to use the mighty name of Jesus. And we're instructed, that's a whole teaching in itself, but we are instructed to take every thought captive. What does that mean? Okay, I'm thinking this thought, I'm thinking that thought. I, I failed 20 years ago. I let a thought in, and I let it in, and then I thought it again, and I thought it again. It began to take root, and it got a, a strong hold, just what it says. And through the power of God, we have the choice. What are we going to think about? We can control our thoughts, and that is often how we can stay in peace. There's a lot of battles that take place right here. But your weapons are mighty through God. Bring every thought captive. We never want it. Brothers and sisters, we never want to magnify a problem. Let's magnify the Lord. We want to magnify the promise. If we magnify a problem, many times we lose our peace. We're to love the Lord. You know it. With all of our heart, say it. All of our soul. All of our... All of our what? So let's say that again. We love the Lord with our mind. Are we loving the Lord with our mind? We can love him. All our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our... There you go. Peter says, think clearly. My husband's such a blessing. I miss him today. And God's really using him there in Colorado. He'll share with you about that. But he, many times over the years, he'd go, now, Jeannie, think right. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) Jeannie, think right. And this scripture, actually, um, I'm just going to quote it. It says, think clearly. It's in Peter. Think clearly and exercise self-control. Think clearly. What does it mean to think clearly? You agree with God. You agree with God's thoughts. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We have the mind of Christ. And uh, this scripture, think clearly, actually, I'll just give a short little picture here. Oh, am I losing my microphone? Well, here this is. So, in Peter, it says to gird up the loins of your mind. What does that mean? Other translations say to think clearly. And the word gird up, it's actually a verb. And they give a spiritual analogy of the runners back in that day. And when these runners wanted to run a race and win a race, they had long robes on and they had a lot of material. But when it was time to run, they would gird up their garments and they would tie them up. And they would make sure there weren't any frayed edges. And they would make sure that there weren't any loose, dangling pieces. 
they gird themselves up so that they could run and not trip and not fall. Now, isn't it interesting in this same translation, in this same word, it's regarding our mind. So we have the ability to take care of frayed edges. Come on. We can make sure there isn't some loose thing out of control over here. We can, with the Holy Spirit, we can control what we think about. We can choose what we're going to think about. We can choose our mood. Come on now. I should hear a big shout amen right there. We can choose it. We can choose. Paul actually said, I choose not to worry. But that's another sermon for another day. So we want to tuck in any loose ends. Maybe A, B, and C are just fine. But little D's kind of running off over there. And it's out of control. But we can grab hold of that, gird up the loins of your mind. And think clearly. Exercise self-control. Through a controlled thought life, we can stay in peace and live a calm and undisturbed life. Hallelujah. You can say hallelujah right there. Okay, let's look at this Proverb 4.23. This is a good news translation, but I love it. And um, especially the first part, be careful how how you think. Let's say that out loud. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Shall we say that together? Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Never say anything that isn't true. Have nothing to do with lies, misleading words. Look straight ahead. Come on, let's look straight ahead with honest confidence and don't hang your head in shame. So the Proverbs there says that there's different admonitions. But the, the scripture is saying, be careful how you think. Let's control our thoughts. Let's have nice thoughts. You know, Jesus would never have a mean thought about another person. (laughs) That's amazing. He's pure love. Every thought that he has about you. If they were numbered, they'd be more than the number of the sand of the sea. Are his loving thoughts towards you. He cannot think a bad thought. That is amazing. That is, I'm not going to say incredible because that means unbelievable. And it is believable. But every loving thought God has, and just think how many of us there are. We can't comprehend them, can we? His greatness, oh, the depths of the riches of the knowledge of God. And every thought he has is positive. He just thinks you're awesome. He just, you know, he he would go on and on. Listen to his voice. Listen to him. And let that word dwell in you richly. Let the peace of Christ act as an umpire. How many remember that verse, that um, scripture from years ago? I remember hearing this scripture many years ago, that peace would be like an umpire. Does anyone here play baseball? Watch baseball? Okay. So for those of you who don't, we are to let the peace of Christ act as an umpire continually in our heart and mind. In baseball, the umpire is the person who officiates the game. Come on now, pay attention. Enforcing the rules, making judgment calls. Come on, peace is an umpire right here. In handling disciplinary actions. Peace is an umpire. Colossians 3, verse 15 and 16 I did sign some of the books this way. It says, let the peace of God rule. 
Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to what you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. How? Let it dwell richly in you, in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns. I, I think this is, this is from the Spirit. I think there's a lot more songs in this church. I think there's a lot more words and songs to sing. I think there's a lot more uh, scripture, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart, hymns, psalms, sing. It says, admonish one another that way. What if you just went up to somebody and say, the Lord is loving you today. The Lord is blessing you. He's opened the heavens for you and he cannot quit pouring it out, pouring it out, pouring it out. Just go up to people and admonish them with psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. So do you notice how verse 15 it says, let peace rule. Shout that out. Let peace rule. Verse 16, let the word dwell. Shout that out. Let the word dwell. So when we let something happen, that means we are not preventing it. Amen? We are allowing it. We are allowing this peace to rule in our heart and in our mind. You can just settle yourself down and might be worked up about something and then just think, wait a minute. I'm not going to be disturbed about that. I will tell you, your whole life, probably every day, someone will disappoint you. But you can choose not to care. I've told you about my I don't care file. It's gotten really thick now over these years. Over these almost 44 years now of marriage and 40 years in the ministry, you open up your I don't care file and you just refuse to worry. You refuse to be negative. You refuse to be down. And just um, ease up on your expectations of people. It will really help your life. (laughs) Just let them be who they are. And you don't know. We don't know their whole story. We don't know what they're going through. There are people my age and and, uh, even relatives that I have that went through, um, what do you call it, abuse, molestations at a very young age. And they might still be broken inside. And they might act a certain way. But who would know that? But many times, years can pass and we're still being healed. And so we want to be kind. It all gets down to love. Love one another dearly. And we just can't think like, well, that person should be that way or this person should be that way. We don't know. And so we want that, that word to dwell in us richly. We want the, um, I'm going to read it in another translation, let the peace of Christ how many like the two words? I know there's a few of, few of you in here who like the two words, inner calm, inner calm. Do you like those words? How many like those words? Raise your hand. Oh, everyone likes them. Inner calm. Let that inner calm of the one who walks daily with him, with the prince. Let that inner calm rule. Release people. Maybe some of you have had spouses that have let you down. Maybe your children have let you down. Maybe your pastors have let you down. Oh, help us, Lord. (laughs) 
maybe uh, friends, you know, like the old hymn, um, uh, Tis so sweet, uh, no, what a friend I have in Jesus. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee. Yeah. We've probably all had that feeling before yeah. where we've been, we felt forsaken. But we can let that inner calm of the one who walks daily with him. Can I make a declaration here today? All right. You have a best friend. His name is Jesus. You can tell him anything. You can tell him everything. You can tell him things you might not even tell your spouse. But you can confide in him. He is a prince of peace and he is a counselor. And he will listen to you. And then he'll he'll give you a word. He's done it for me over and over again. You stop and you listen. And he gives you a word that gives you the breakthrough. He's the God of the breaking through. It's a breaker anointing. And he he will set you free from that. He is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So we can all go here today knowing that what a friend I have in Jesus. He's with you. He's, he's, he'll never forsake you. He whispered that to me, that photo that you saw of me when I was 19. He whispered that to me. It was the next um, winter, and I was walking alone to go work. It was like at a, a commons. It was Madeira at the time, but that's not there anymore. And uh, I was cold. I was scared, and I was alone, and it was cold outside, and it was 5.30 in the morning, and I was walking. Come on, everyone say walking. Come on. All right, you young people. We used to walk back then. (laughs) All right, that's another sermon. I heard his voice. He whispered to me. He said, Jeannie, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. It lifted the loneliness. I felt warm all of a sudden. One word from God will change everything. And you hear his voice. Let this daily, this inner calm be the deciding factor and the settling question, uh, deciding and settling questions that arise in your mind. It says, to this peace you were called. You were called to peace. You were not called to turmoil. You were not called to strife, jealousy, inferiority. You were called to peace. To this peace, you were called. This peace is normal. Okay, I'm going to move right along here. Um, I'll go ahead and show John 14, 27. So, Jesus is peace. Can everyone say Jesus is peace? He's our Prince of Peace. He talked a lot about peace. He carried peace. He was the embodiment of peace. And he said in John 14, 27, and see, even with that phone ringing, peace. There's peace in that. We don't have to feel worried. I don't know whose phone it was, but, you know, we can just like, ah, get so unnerved so quickly. But not that you guys did, whoever that was. but, But, you know, just stay in peace. Amen. So John 14, 27. Imagine Jesus saying this, I leave the gift of peace. I leave it with you. It's my peace. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but it's my, say it. Say it one more time. 
Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, let's shout out, be courageous. Let's shout it one more time. Be courageous. Anyway, so before his death, he said, he spoke about peace and he said, I don't want you to worry about anything. He said, I'm giving you a gift. He said, I'm going to leave it with you. And then he repeated, he said, I give it to you. So let's just right, even right now, just say, I receive your peace, Lord. I receive your peace. I've had to, I've had to fight a lot of things in my mind. And, but the Holy Spirit always helps us to rein it back in and be founded on truth. What does God say about the situation? Okay, I'm going to um, move a little bit quicker because I want to have a little exercise as we close. We are triune beings. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray that your whole spirit, this was my prayer for this sermon. I pray that your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body, triune being, be preserved to the coming of Jesus Christ. And it says that the very God of peace will do that. He's awesome. Lord, we recognize you here today. We recognize your peace. It passes our human understanding. You're a guard around us, Lord. Peace is shaloming our family, our relatives. Shalom to the workplace. Many in this room are studying. We release shalom and peace to your goals, to your dreams, to the desires of your heart. Delight in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. I do want to read Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 because I feel it is so important to realize that Jesus bore mental torment when he suffered for us. He himself took our infirmities, and he carried away our sicknesses. And with his stripes, we are healed. It says, surely. That's a definite thing right there. Let's shout out, surely. Surely. He did it. Surely. He has borne our griefs. He carried our sorrows. We don't have to be sad. We don't have to be sorrowful. Jesus carried our sorrows. We did a stream him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But... He was wounded, should we read it together, for our transgressions. He was bruised, the chastisement, and with his stripes. I'm going to reread this verse to you, adding several definitions from the original Hebrew. Surely, firmly, Jesus has borne and carried away and lifted All of our griefs, our maladies, I want to repeat that. Can I look into your eyes? Surely, he has carried all your maladies, all your anxieties, all your calamities. He carried your disease. He carried your sickness and your sorrow. He carried away anguish, affliction, pain, and grief. He was wounded for your transgression. He was wounded for my rebellion. He was wounded for my revolt. He was bruised for our iniquities, our sins, our faults, our mischief. 
The chastisement of our, say it, peace. The chastisement of our, our peace. Whose peace is it? It's not just that person over there, over there, or your pastor, or somebody else. It's the chastisement of my peace. Can we all say, it's my peace. It's my peace. Don't forfeit it. Don't let it go. The chastisement of my peace, my health, my prosperity, safety, well-being, happiness, and welfare was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed, we are cured, and it literally means as if by stitching up. How meticulous is your great physician that he can make perfect stitches into wounds, areas where we've been broken. Maybe our spirit, our soul, our mind, we've been broken, but shalom has come. Nancy introduced him to me when I was 19 years old. Shalom came into my life. And he told me, I'm never going to leave you alone. I'm going to be with you. Everything you go through, I'll be with you. Let the weak say, I am strong. I was certainly, I was so weak. But then I became strong because I engrafted myself around the word of God, around the promises, around the truth of the word of God. So, oh, I want to say it all. Okay, I'm going to say this real quickly. Let's skip the PowerPoint, please, because I can go quicker without it. (laughs) So you guys have your Bibles. You can write down in your notes. And I want to say in 2 Thessalonians 3.16. 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Let's shut it down. Shut down the PowerPoint. I know I'm different. Okay. Now, if you just look up here. Now, may the Lord of peace himself, wow, may the Lord of peace himself grant you his peace, the peace of his kingdom. Please listen to five words that say all in here. This will just blow your socks off. Man, hang on to your socks. (laughs) Girls, hang on to your shoes. May the Lord of peace himself grant you At all times and in all ways, under all circumstances, under all conditions, whatever comes, the Lord be with you all, 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 all encompassing God. That is what God is saying to us. That is what God is saying to you. Any fractures in your life, any frayed areas. Loose things running out of control. He is releasing his supernatural peace. Some of you will feel it here today. Some of you have experienced a calm and a settling already. And it will continue. He will stay with you. He is the peace for all times. I think we all know Isaiah 26. It's the perfect peace that will keep him. Say it in perfect peace when our mind is stayed on the Lord. One translation of that could actually, it says shalom, shalom, or perfect peace means peace, peace, a double portion. Oh, Lord, we thank you. So I just want to take a minute here, and yes, I get emotional because he's so awesome. If you have known what it's like to not have peace, you will treasure his peace. You will treasure his presence. You won't take anything for granted. Amen. 
So I just want to tell a little bit, a uh, tiny testimony here, how God works. And um, so this is the first copy I got back of the book. And this is the one that says, not for resale, not for resale. So it's the one that I'm writing in and using. And But anyway, okay, so last, last November, my husband and I took a missions trip to Africa. We were in Kumasi, Ghana. Thank you. I was expecting that. <laughs> and yes, so thank you. We, um, here we met. This is, uh, beside me is Pastor Joshua. Pastor Joshua is, was um, Beatrice's, Beatrice and Felix who have moved to Wisconsin. This was her pastor and we had an amazing service there. Oh, Lord. And But beside him is Prophet Thomas. So they came to our unit, and we fellowshiped, and they would always lavish us with gorgeous African clothes. So they brought that dress to me. and But we sat down, and when the Thomas was introduced, Pastor Joshua said, Thomas is a prophet. And I said, hallelujah. And so he turned to me, and he was a man of few words, we greet you, Africa, over Facebook Live. We greet you, India. We greet you in Jesus' name. <laughs> and Pastor or Brother Thomas said to me, are you a counselor? I said, yes, because of the word of God. Yes, I believe I'm a counselor. And he began to say, you're going to write a book. And he said, um, your book will hold wisdoms of counsel, and it will help people in their emotions. It will help people in their minds. And um, I didn't take that lightly because if a prophet speaks, you want to honor God. Amen. And we got in the car later that day, and I had a little notebook. I try to record where we go and what the Lord does as we're there. And I was in the back seat, and I began to write down chapter titles. And God downloaded eight chapter titles to me in the car in Kumasi. And I said, honey, I just got eight title chapters for the book that was prophesied. And he's like, that's awesome. And so then fast forward. So we get home. And in uh, February, I was blessed to be able to go see a friend in Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. And she provoked me. You know, there's a good kind of being provoked. Hebrews says, provoke one another unto good works. And the literal meaning of that word is irritate. Do you ever get irritated? Somebody says, well, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this. You know, God wants you to do this, God wants you to do this. And you feel kind of irritated. It's okay. Because that word provoke, I was provoked. Because I did not really want to write a book, actually. I thought, the world has a lot of books. <laughs> Carnal, that was my natural thinking, until the prophet spoke. So I decided in a hot tub <laughs> in Atlanta, Georgia, on a spa day, hallelujah, with a girlfriend, <laughs> that I was going to write a book. And I got home in February of this year, <clears throat> and... I thought, well, I'm going to pull out all my sermons on peace. It's not a real organized file, but I knew where to find it. (laughs) And I began to 
pull out these things and got these eight chapter titles out and thought, what goes with what? And I suddenly, I'm, I, I don't know if I'll ever get over this. I realized that in 1998, I had started a book. And it was in one of those legal pads, one of those yellow legal pads. And I looked at it, and I began page after page after page. And the content of what I wrote in 1998, God's patient with us. Come on, people. (laughs) A lot of that is in this book. And I think I'd kind of set that aside because it actually was a painful time in my life. And sometimes it's easier to set it aside instead of think about it, let alone write about it, let alone tell the world about it. (laughs) But God did that. Fast forward to June 2019, I was able to go down and meet with the friend with the publishing company. And and in in the spa that day, she said, if you get on this, you can have this book ready to go in a year. How many of you have some dreams you'd like to see come to pass by next year? It could be even shorter. There's a quickening anointing in the room. This is, what month is this? September. (laughs) This is September 2019. And I was there in June 2019. And the books are published. And by God's grace, I'm a published author on Amazon. And it's totally God's doing Wow, what the Lord has done. And his word will always encourage people. Whoever picks up this book, we're getting White Knuckle Faith put on Amazon as well. And here's a tiny excerpt from chapter 8. Perfect peace is a priceless gift. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. This emphatic expression indicates happening right now. It's a peace that goes beyond human comprehension. To have our minds stayed means to lean on God in total confidence and security. We can be secure. We can be at ease. I think that came from the Holy Spirit. I just want to say to all of you, it's a military term, at ease. At ease, people. We are steadfast in our mind. We're mentally strong and we're intentional, intentionable, intentional, thank you, about things we think about. God will keep us in a perfect state of peace. Okay, I'm going to close with, I think all of these, I was like, oh, this is my favorite. No, this is my favorite. No, this is my favorite verse. I'm going to close this. Okay, get ready. This verse, God tells us he has a covenant of peace with us. A covenant of peace. And go ahead, if you can pop pop this one up. It's Isaiah 54.10. And just let shalom just flow over you. I just pray that anything you maybe were troubled about or worried about or anything, any broken thing, that peace and shalom have healed you. So this is what your God says. And I found this verse when I was in Georgia. I just about went through the roof. It's like, Lord, you're amazing. Even if the mountains were to crumble, 
and the hills disappear. My heart of steadfast, faithful love will never leave you. My covenant of peace with you, come on, will never be shaken. Says who? Says Yahweh, whose love and compassion will never give up on you. Can we take it a step farther? It will never give up on the people you're concerned about. It will never give up on those who are going this way or that way. It's a covenant of peace. Do we understand when God makes a covenant? It is unshakable. He is God. He cannot change his mind. There's so much more I could say. I could write a book about it. (laughs) But I'm going to stop because I saw a picture of what to do right now. So, first of all, I'm going to say a prayer. And I'm going to pray for just a few situations, a short prayer. But then I want to take a, a few minutes where I want a boy to find a boy and a girl to find a girl. And I'm going to recommend, well, I guess, yeah, it wouldn't be, yeah. Anyway, um, someone outside your family is what I'm trying to say. And that you can release peace. Pray together about something. And we'll just use three minutes. So it'll, it'll be good. So uh, let's go ahead and stand up. And first of all, as I said, I want to pray. How many of you sense the Prince of Peace here? Yeah. All over the room. Yeah. It's amazing. Lord, you're a prince. We recognize your presence here today, Prince of Peace. Jesus, you are our peace. You've broken down every wall every wall of separation. You've even united the Jews and the Gentiles. And of the two, you've made one. Thank you, Lord, for this bringing together for everyone, for every relationship, for your peace and shalom to come over people in their bodies, be healed, be made whole in the presence of the Prince of Peace, be healed in your mind, In Jesus' name, we bind demonic attacks. I bind every demonic attack and every assignment that has been sent against you. Any tormenting spirit, any mind-controlling spirits, I uproot you this day through the authority invested in me in the power of the name of Jesus Christ. I release God's people. We release tormenting spirits. And we thank you, Lord, for bringing freedom. For not, not only everyone in this room, but everyone listening by Facebook Live, every CD that goes forth, and that your word will liberate people in the spirit of their mind around the world. We say peace, peace, shalom, shalom, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now I'd like you to find a partner, a boy find a boy, a girl find a girl and even the children.
And I'd like you to go find someone. And if, if you can't think of something to say, just say, peace be with you. I'd like you to use this time not to visit. This is not a time to visit. This is only a time to pray. Say whatever needs to be said for the next two minutes. Shalom. Just them. Amen. Did somebody get a word when you were prayed for? Wasn't that awesome? That one on one. I'm going to conclude with number six. Maybe it'd be a good time to lift your hands to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face toward you. Wow. Hallelujah. And give you peace. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Amen. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.